episode four. Welcome to the podcast, Life of Awesome. My name is Saul Blinkoff. I'm a husband, father of four, and director-producer who works for some of the top studios in Hollywood, including Disney, DreamWorks, and Netflix. My goal? Simple. I want to live the best life I possibly can, and I want the same for you. I travel the world talking about life, and if there's one thing I've learned, every single person on the planet wants the exact same thing. We don't want a life of good. We don't want a life of great. We want a life of awesome. I really want to thank you for being here today listening. I realize there are so many podcasts out there, and I really appreciate you giving me the most valuable thing that you have, your time. If you like the podcast, please hit the subscribe button, give us a rating, a review, and of course, share it with your family and friends. That said, let's get into it. Thanks so much for joining me today. Here's a quick recap of the ideas we've been speaking about so far. Clarity is having the goal. What is it we're trying to achieve? Next stage is finding out how to achieve it, how to accomplish something. You go to a great restaurant. You taste an unbelievable dessert. You can make that dessert at home if you have the recipe. And after we find that recipe, the how, we need to take action. And any goal worth having is going to take an insane amount of effort. When we have a goal to accomplish something, we are identifying ourselves as the kind of person who could achieve that goal. Because the truth is that deep down, if we didn't really think we could achieve that goal, then we never would have tried. I'd like to take a moment and share with you some of my own personal backstory. When I was a little kid growing up, I saw the movie The Little Mermaid, and that movie propelled me to want to be a Disney animator. I just had one problem. I had no idea how to do it. So my unbelievably supportive mother takes me to Disney World and walks me around Disney asking Disney employees, they're actually called cast members, how can my son become a Disney animator? See, today you have a question like that, you just type it in Google, you'll get an answer. But yeah, this is before the internet. And one of these Disney cast members told my mom, if your son wants to work at Disney, you got to take him to the Disney casting building. Can you imagine what a Disney office building looks like? It was beautiful. Had the uh, doorknobs from Alice in Wonderland made out of brass, the ones that talk. I open up those doors. I walk into this atrium. There's gold statuettes of Mickey, Donald, Pluto, Goofy, even the air in the lobby. I remember walking in was like Disney air, you know, like pixie dust in the air. It just had a smell. It was like, wow. Finally, they call my name for the interview. And I tell them in the interview that my dream is to be a Disney animator. Well, the woman says, we don't hire Disney animators here. We hire people that work the rides or sell merchandising in the parks. Animation is a whole different department. She could tell I was obviously discouraged. And then she walks out of the room, comes in a minute later, and hands me a piece of paper with a list of eight art schools that Disney recruits their artists from. She says, if you want to be a Disney animator, then you're going to have to go to one of these schools. Well, for that moment, the equation in my head was beginning. Saul plus go to one of these schools will equal dream of becoming a Disney animator. That piece of paper was the recipe for me to achieve my dream. If there's something you want in your life, you got to find the equation. You plus blank will equal achieving that dream. I end up going to an incredible school in Columbus, Ohio, Columbus College of Art and Design. And after a week or two of school, a Disney representative comes to our school 
stands on a stage in an auditorium with 750 students. Every freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior was in that room. And he looks out to us and he says, how many of you want to be Disney animators? Every single hand went up. And the guy from Disney looks out to us and he says, just so you know, out of the 750 of you that have your hands up, maybe, just maybe four of you will ever work there. That's how competitive it is. And when he said that, I remember thinking one thing, I wonder who the other three are going to be. Because in life, you either believe in yourself that you can accomplish something or you don't. And at that point in my life, I believed in myself whether it was because of the support of my parents or my art teacher, or just looking in the mirror and knowing, you know what, I could do this. And he continues and says, if you ever want to work at Disney, you got to get the internship. And in order to get the internship, you got to do a figure drawing portfolio. We want to see 25 pages of figure drawing and anatomy. We want to see all drawings of humans and animals from life. Most people think that Disney's looking for you to be able to draw cartoon characters, But what makes Disney animation so amazing is that there's such a realistic foundation of structure and anatomy in the humans and animals that you see in those movies. And that's the foundation they wanted us to have. Sophomore year comes, I get my best drawings together. I put them in a portfolio and I sent them to the Walt Disney Studios. And I remember waiting. Oh, so difficult to wait. You ever have to wait for something you really, really want? A month goes by and I get a letter with my name typed on the front with a gold leaf embossed Mickey Mouse. Oh my gosh, this is the letter from Disney. I open up that letter and it says in the letter, Saul, thank you so much for submitting your portfolio, but unfortunately you didn't make it. And you know what? I wasn't even discouraged. I was just happy that the Walt Disney Company knew that I was alive. They had my name typed on that envelope. I took that letter, I put it up over my desk to inspire me and I was motivated to draw more. And me and my best friend, Andy, would draw all the time together. We go to the zoo together and then junior year comes. Andy and I get our best drawings together and we send them into Disney. And I need to tell you, I I can't say this enough, that just me being friends with someone like Andy made me a much better artist because this guy had the greatest work ethic, so disciplined and passionate and loved working hard at becoming better at something. And those qualities really became my qualities just because I was friends with him. Because who we choose to be friends with actually affects who we become. And at this point in the school, pretty much everyone knew if there were two people that were ever going to work at Disney, it's going to be Saul and Andy because we just never stopped drawing. And we send our portfolios in and we wait. Remember, I was home in New York. It was winter break. And I get a call and it's Andy on the phone. I was like, hey, man, what's up? He's like, Blinkoff, did you hear? I'm like, no, did you? He's like, yeah, I got it. I said, you got what? He goes, I got into Disney. I got the internship. I'm like, that's amazing. Congratulations. He's like, but you didn't hear? I'm like, no, but they could be trying to call me right now. I got to hang up. We didn't have call waiting back then. So I hang up the phone and I'm waiting. I can't stand the waiting anymore. So I get on the phone. I call the head of Disney myself. Well, who does that? Well, I did. So I get the guy from Disney on the phone. I'm like, hey, my name is Saul. I wanted to find out about the internship. He's like, oh, Saul, I have your name on a list here. I'm like, yeah. And he goes, yeah, you didn't make it. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, you didn't make it. You were rejected. I was like, well, what about my friend Andy? He's like, yeah, he made it. You didn't. I was like, oh, okay. And I hung up the phone. That was a bittersweet moment. Why was it sweet? Because I was very happy for my best friend. Why was it bitter? Because I wasn't getting my dream. All the heart and the passion and the hard work that I put into it, and I didn't make it. I was rejected a second time. You know where Andy's going? To Disney World. Sunny, beautiful Disney World, known as the happiest place on earth. You know where I'm going? Back to Ohio in the wintertime. Bitter, cold, gray skies. And when I get back to school, 
Everyone's at school coming up to me going, oh, blink off. What are you doing here? I thought you would have gotten into, oh, you didn't make it. Oh, I'm sorry. Hey, where's Andy? Oh, he got into Disney. Oh, wow. I became known as the guy that was friends with the guy that got into Disney. I became known as a guy who didn't get what he really, really wanted. And you know how I felt? I felt like a loser. And then I came up with the most brilliant way of taking that feeling of being a failure away. And if you guys listening have ever failed at anything, anything at all, and you want to take away that feeling of being a failure, then do what I did and that feeling goes away in a second. You know what I did? I gave up. I gave up on the entire dream because reality set in. And reality is Andy's a great artist and I'm just average. We're all surrounded by people who are always accomplishing great things. You read about it on Facebook, you see it on their Instagram, people are doing amazing things. And if you're normal, you must have that voice inside you at times telling you that's not for you. Who do you think you are to want something so great? That voice that says, I can't, I can't do that. That's reality. I'm just a normal person. Greatness, that's not for me. A week later, a buddy calls me up and says, Saul, I got tickets to go see a movie. Do you want to go? And I'm like, eh, I'm not in the mood. He's like, but they're free. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll go. Because when you're in college and someone offers you something free, you take it. So I go to the movies and I'm watching a movie and tears are streaming down my face. You ever see a movie and it just speaks to you for whatever it is you're going through in your life? Like the timing is perfect. This movie is a true story about a guy who's five feet tall. He doesn't have an ounce of athletic ability and he wants to play football at Notre Dame. What movie is it? I'm hoping that at least some of you know the movie I'm talking about and you're screaming the name of it into your listening device. The movie is Rudy. And if you haven't seen this movie, you need to see this movie today. It's an incredible story. It's a true story. And it's a story about a guy who's not even athletic and he wants to play football at one of the best universities in the world. If you were friends with Rudy Rudiger and he told you his dream was to play football at Notre Dame. You know what you would have told him as his friend? You would have told him, dude, I love you. Get a new dream. But you know what Rudy Rudiger said? Oh, yeah? Well, we'll just see about that. And he tries to get into Notre Dame. And you know what happens? Rejected. And he tries a second time. Rejected. But third time? Rejected. But fourth time? You know, if you look at the, the movie poster for the movie Rudy, it says, when people tell you dreams don't come true, tell them about Rudy. He gets in. And I'm watching the movie and tears are streaming down my face because I'm thinking one thing. If an unathletic guy could get into Notre Dame because of an insane amount of hard work, then an untalented artist like me could get into Disney with an insane amount of hard work. And I decided right then and there, I would never give up again. But before that, I gave up because when I failed, I didn't just see it as failing. I saw myself as being a failure. And there's a big difference between failing and being a failure. And we are all going to fail because we're human and nobody is perfect. When we were little kids, we take the round peg, we put it in the square hole and it didn't work. We failed. But did we stop? No, we try again. Because you see, failure is nothing less than an opportunity to grow. It doesn't define our identity. That's the worst part when we allow failure to define how we see ourselves. Failing is temporary. So I was re-inspired and I called the head of Disney again and I get this guy on the phone and I said, let me ask you, how close was I to getting in? He said, Saul, we picked 17 from over 3,800 portfolios from around the world. You made it to number 20. 
I had missed it by three. I was that close and I was ready to give up on the entire dream. Do you know how many times in our life we feel that we are miles away from achieving our goal and yet all we needed to do is just push a little bit more? And then I asked him another question. Why didn't I get in? Why did you reject me? And then he told me, he said, you need to put more dynamic perspective in your drawing. Instead of drawing the person from wherever your eye level is, stand a little stool and look down at him or look up at someone. He gave me the answer key to growing. If you haven't seen the movie Rudy, you need to see it. Rudy, played by actor Sean Astin. He was also younger in the movie Goonies. Great kid. He breathes his dream. He wants to play football at Notre Dame. That's his dream, to run out of that tunnel with that gold helmet in the sun. And eventually, don't worry, this won't give away too much. And eventually, he makes it on the team, but he's not allowed to run out and play like a normal player. He's just basically there for practice so the real players can beat up on him and tackle him and get better. And he eventually finds out he will never get to run out of that tunnel and makes a decision that he will not go to the last practice of the season because all his hard work was just a waste of time. He gives up and he's standing in the football stadium. He's looking out over the empty seats and he feels like a failure. And there's another character. His name is Fortune, played by the great actor Charles S. Dutton. Older guy, he's been like a mentor to Rudy. He sees Rudy gave up and he shares an incredible piece of wisdom with him. Hey, 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 hey. What you doing here? Don't you have practice? Not anymore. I quit. Oh. Well, since when are you the quitting kind? I don't know. I just don't see the point anymore. So you didn't make the dress list. There are greater tragedies in the world. I wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad to prove to everyone prove that I worked. what? That I was somebody. Oh, you are so full of crap. Ah, here it is. Here comes the best line. You're five feet nothing, a hundred and nothing, and you got hardly a speck of athletic ability. And you hung in with the best college football team in the land for two years. And you're also going to walk out of here with a degree from the University of Notre Dame. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. And after what you've gone through, if you haven't done that by now, it ain't going to never happen. Wow. He's basically telling Rudy, so you haven't achieved your dream of playing football for Notre Dame, but don't think you haven't achieved anything. Because the longer we invest ourselves into striving to accomplish something, along the way, we are growing. And that's never a waste of time. Basically, he's saying to Rudy, I don't want to see you give up on your dream because I don't want to see you giving up on you. And I guarantee a week won't go by in your life. You won't regret walking out, letting them get the best of you. Because failure is a moment. You can be failing and successful if you look at it the right way. And because of that failure, we learn something that we can take with us on our journey and never give up. And you hear it all the time. Everybody says, never give up, never give up. You know what they're saying when they say never give up? They're not saying don't give up on your dream. They're saying don't give up on you. Author Ken Baines says something so profound in his book, What the Best College Students Do. And he says this, if you have a sense of contingent self-worth, meaning your self-worth is contingent on something, your attitude towards yourself depends on whether you succeed or fail, subconsciously you decide that the best way to avoid losing is to stay out of the game. In other words, give up. Don't let your own view of your self-worth be contingent 
on your successes or failures because true success is not just achieving a goal. It's who do I become along the way while I'm making the effort. And if we invest 100% of ourselves into anything, it is not possible that we will fail at what really matters, growing. Because failing is always succeeding if we learn from it. Boom. There's your tool for the episode. Anytime you fail in life, feel good about it because you just learned something that you can grow from. It's the same thing with being a parent. We need to teach our children to face failure. If we don't learn to accept failure in our own lives and grow from it and move on, then what kind of a role model are we for our kids? Our children need to see us taking risks and failing. And how we deal with that is how they're going to deal with failing. There's a great book called The Gift of Failure from Jessica Leahy, How the Best Parents Learn to Let Go So Their Children Can Succeed. Thomas Edison said, I have not failed. I just found 10,000 ways that won't work. Boom. I eventually created a new portfolio of drawings of animals and humans, sent it into Disney, and on my third try, I finally got in. Wow. I got into Disney. I was going to the happiest place on earth, and all new challenges were right in front of me, and the work had to start again. Inspirational quote of the day. The quote comes from Thomas Edison, quote, Many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up. If it took him 10,000 tries to invent the light bulb, what would happen if he stopped trying on the 9,999th time? He would have been like, you know what? Forget this. But he tried one more time and boom, we have light. We don't know how close we are to achieving our goal. When you look back at your life and those moments when you failed and gotten up again and kept going, in those moments, character is built. But for the ultimate goal of life, there really is no metric that defines an end. There is no top of Mount Everest to really reach because the ultimate goal of life is working on ourselves. And that is an endless pursuit. Working on our own character, working on our own character flaws and turning them into strengths. Because the greatest light bulb we will ever invent is the light within inside each of us. And when we fail, approach it with a mindset of, hey, I'm going to learn something from that, apply it to my life, and I'm going to grow from it. Thank God we fail. We would never learn anything. Because the truth is, at the end of the day, failure is a gift. Thank you so much for being here today listening. I really appreciate you spending your time with me. Please, again, subscribe, like us, rate us, review us, share us with your family and friends. And I truly hope that each and every one of you has an incredible life and not just a life that's good and not just a life that's great, but that each and every one of you has a life of awesome.